Well, hi, everybody. I'm Bill Little here with Steve Green and Scott Ott, and I'm proud to announce a new uh, program segment here on uh, Right Angle. Steve, as you know, has his uh, lightning round every uh, every other every third week. Scott has done a couple of thunder rounds, and I've decided I want to cover multiple topics. So I've decided we're going to launch Bill Whittle's Schadenfreude Sonata Episode 1. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with it, Schadenfreude is a German word meaning pleasure or joy or self-satisfaction that comes from learning or witnessing the troubles, failures, or humiliation of another. It's a German word. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, now, I have a particular rule about schadenfreude personally, and that is that I only feel good about the misfortunes of other people who deserve it. That's basically it. I'm not one of these, you know, kraut bastards just laughing at anybody. For me, for, for me to really have it hit home, it's got to be somebody who deserves it. Which makes me think, by the way, you, you might appreciate this, Steve. The German V2 was called the Vergeltenswaffe, the Vengeance Weapon 2. So I'm actually talking about Vergeltens Schadenfreude or vengeance <laughs> All right. enjoyment like of people yeah. who are, who are bad. Okay. So, um, Scott, let's start with you. Uh, CNN's in a wee bit of trouble. Uh, their uh, ratings are down 90%. That's not 9%, not 19. Nine out of 10 people who, who used to watch CNN are not watching it anymore. Uh, their their uh, CEO is gone. Um, hmm. Virtually all of their on-air talent has been removed uh, from uh, public exposure, either due to public masturbation or due to a pedophile ring or due to um, uh, you know charges of, of sexual assault and so on. It seems that CNN's number one talent right now is is a uh, somewhat flabbier and toothier version of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and they don't seem to have a whole lot of bench depth or, or or much credibility either. Number one, are you happy to see this happen from people who talked about presenting the news? And number two, since they're not really selling news, they're selling credibility, do you think CNN can come back from this uh, near-death experience? Um, to the first question, uh, actually, because my first contact with CNN was so long ago, and I actually read a couple of books about the founding of CNN and that whole story. Um, I had a great deal of admiration for Ted Turner and for the so way they got oh, yeah. that thing going. And really, it was kind of a miraculous so little to, to take a UHF station in Georgia and turn it into something where you're bragging that the local baseball team is America's team. And then somehow you managed to form a 24-hour news network from that with a bunch of essentially no-name talent at that time that then became came names, uh, thanks in part to the invasion of Iraq. Uh, but there was a really kind of a storied history for CNN that if I worked there, I'd be really proud of. Uh, unfortunately, uh, in recent years, I know conservatives have complained about the bias and the tilt and the slant and all that kind of stuff. Um, I can't watch enough of it to pick it up because frankly, it is so dull to me that I can't, it, it's my complaint with them isn't their ideological bias or that they're polluting the news with their opinions. You know, my complaint is that it's so boring that I can't wait for the commercials. So it's like, <laughs> it's really sad. In fact, I turned it on today when I was preparing lunch and I actually, after about three minutes, I muted it. And I thought, how long can this interview go on when this is like, the, they just keep talking about the same thing over and over again. So yeah, um, I hope that this inspires somebody who 
has deep pockets and who has a better sense of what journalism actually means um, and a sense of what entertainment means as well, frankly. You've got to entertain in this medium. Um, maybe, maybe buy CNN and do something useful with it. Well, there is a new boss coming in, and the old boss was an entertainment guy rather than a news guy. The new boss said something along the lines of, we ought to think about doing some journalism here. It might be good for the uh, for the brand. There's an idea. Uh, I think they got a big hill to climb in terms of regaining yeah. their credibility. And that's something else I'm worried about. Steve, uh, let's talk about um, about your particular uh, Schadenfreude uh, example. Um, I saw an insanity rep. Uh, you talking about the uh, recent um, blast of misfortune from uh, from Facebook. Uh, first of all, for the first time in their history, they are actually down users. They've, there's actually fewer users. This, so there's that. And then and then there's a whole thing, of course, with Europe, which I'm going to get to. But before we do that, I do want to point out one thing here, and that is that your entire article essentially loses credibility because you make a mistake here uh, that I think is just kind of blows whatever credibility you might have had. You say that, that, that talking about uh, all the warning signs, you say that's basically Robbie the robot spinning around in circles shouting, danger, Mark Zuckerberg, danger. I think virtually everybody in America knows, uh, Steve, that, that that wasn't Robbie the robot, that Robbie the robot was the robot from Forbidden Planet, from that Forbidden the robot Planet. you're talking yeah. about is the robot from Lost in Space, otherwise known as the B9 robot, although he's never named that. Both of those were de were designed by Bob Kinoshita, by the way. Same same guy, yeah. Same, same, guy. same basic design, different head. Pretty much everything else was the everything, same. And, and my goal in life is to get rich enough to have full lifestyles, working models, both of them. Um, <laughs> But with that one major error aside and putting aside the problems you have without the layers of fact checkers and editorial review <laughs> and all the rest of it, um, it has not been a good week for these people. And when we find more and more and more about the upfront and the and the covert influence on the election that, that Zuckerberg um, was involved with, I just is. Please, this can be. Tell us about, especially about the, the decline in membership and the European response and what that whole dynamic is about. Uh, right now, Facebook has, uh, I think, three different headwinds going. First is uh, they saturated their user base and now they're actually losing them. They've got something like almost three billion accounts, but that's not what uh, the important figure is. The, the, the important figure is active daily users. And uh, it's at something like 1.93 billion, which is a huge number. That's, you know, that's that's about a quarter of the human race is actively on Facebook every single day. And in the third quarter of last year, they lost active daily users for the first time in the company's history. And it's only 500,000. You don't think that doesn't sound like a big number out of almost 2 billion. And it's not a big number out of almost 2 billion. But Wall Street had expected uh, nothing but growth from Facebook. And <laughs> the bad part is that Facebook is losing ground because of TikTok. And if anything is more evil than Facebook, it's TikTok. Because <laughs> all your data goes right to the CCP. And then they highlight videos that are designed to bring about the destruction of Western civilization. Um, but that's a that's a story for another day. But uh, Wall Street freaked out. And Facebook has, since its peak in September of last year, lost 42% of its stock market capitalization, of its market capitalization. <laughs> and it lost, I, I, I believe it's about 25% in one day, Friday of last week, uh, February 
five or six, whatever uh, whatever the date was, Friday of last week. One day, two hundred more than two hundred billion dollars of market value wiped out in a single day. It's the single biggest loss, one day loss by an American company in history, uh, just for inflation. All you like, it's still the granddaddy. Um, which, except for the actual shareholders, many of whom are just you know trying to make a buck. I'm. I wasn't one of them. Uh, I've got nothing but good feels for the folks at Facebook uh, who saw their uh, their their port their Facebook fa- f- shares just just in the in the toilet because uh, it's a bad company that does bad things. And Mark Zuckerberg hates everything decent about this country, and that's that's where it comes down to. Um, the other headwind is Apple. Apple is costing Facebook a lot of money because the newest version of iOS doesn't let. Apps share data from other apps unless you explicitly allow it. And nobody digs into that setting because Apple buried it pretty deep. I'm not going to tell you where it is. And uh, Zuckerberg said that probably cost him about $10 billion, this privacy setting. So when Facebook doesn't have access to the whole of your phone and and Android doesn't have that kind of security, unfortunately. But when Facebook doesn't be, isn't able to hoover up all your data from everywhere in your phone, that costs them ten billion dollars. So I'm really disappointed in Apple under Tim Cook, but I'm going to take my hat off for uh, for that one thing, even if their motive was just to hurt Facebook. <laughs> okay, I'm cool with that. And the other is this European thing. Europe has a new privacy law in uh, in the works. It's probably going to pass through that uh, you can't send European users Facebook data to other countries. So Hmm. Facebook would have to build all new server farms that cost billions of dollars in Europe, and they wouldn't be able to suck that data and kind of co-mingle it with all their their other data around the world. And uh, Zuckerberg said, well, you know, maybe we'll just close down Facebook and Instagram in Europe. And the EU said, okay. Fine. Seriously, the uh, French finance minister said that uh, I live just fine without Facebook, and I think everybody else could, too. It was a thing of absolute beauty. And apropos of absolutely nothing, since I've told you all the wonderful bad things that are happening to Facebook, i just like to end by saying that Mark Zuckerberg is the living proof that an android can exist somewhere on the spectrum. Android? Reptile? Though it's still out on that one. Mm. Um, so here's mine, uh, since my black-hearted, shriveled heart has been just enjoying the misfortune of people who I think uh, mean us all harm. Uh, the Winter Olympics are going on, and and it's human nature, I think, unless you're from a Central European country. When somebody falls down, uh, you're not supposed to laugh at that. That's not That's not funny. Uh, and that wouldn't normally be a source of schadenfreude for me. But in this particular case, it is because the person who we're talking about here is an Olympic skater whose name was Beverly Zhu, who basically renounced her U.S. citizenship and then went to compete as a Chinese national. Uh, now I think the name is uh, Zhu, Zhu Yi. So she gives up a life in America uh, with all of the freedoms and all, and, and all of that and all the training that took place, by the way, in American facilities and all the rest of it. Goes over to China because China's the big thing, you know, the coming thing. Um, and actually, she, uh, she, she fell. And, um, and she didn't fall once. I think she fell twice or three times. Three times. Now, I'm getting this from the Not the Bee article, uh, which is terrific as usual. But he points out, when I say he, I mean... 
Hamilton Porter, uh, points out that, that uh, she has moved to an honor and shame culture where she has not just fallen now, she has fallen for China. And not in the way that that most leftists would use would use the term. So she's going to be in for a bit of a of a of a rough uh, road ahead. Now let me tell you why I decided to do this entire episode. It's not because of my uh, shriveled black heart that enjoys watching her fall down because she's basically abandoned the United States and, and gone to to play ball for people who hate freedom. The reason I wanted to cover this in the first place is very simple, guys. After I had this thought of, oh, she, she ditched America, went for the communist Chinese, fell down, brought the entire Chinese down, good. I thought for a second, I said, what would my reaction, my personal reaction have been if this thing had operated in the, in the opposite direction? What if she'd been a Chinese skater who abandons her Chinese citizenship, comes to America, becomes a U.S. citizen, and then goes and competes for America and then falls down? Would I still feel the same way? And I realized, no. I'd say, okay, tough break, kid. Welcome home. You fell down on the ice. You're, 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 in, you're in Freedomville now. Your entire life is ahead of you. I would, be, I would be sympathetic to her. Scott, you had something nice to say about that in our, in our backstage show, that, that, that when, you fall, when you leave a free country and go to a communist dictatorship and fall down, her life is ruined. She will pay for this forever. There's no question about that. If she had come the other way and fallen down, Americans would have probably said, oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry to see that tough break, kid. And then what? And we would have embraced her and said, hey, congratulations. Only in the land of second chances can someone like you get up off the ice and maybe come back at the next Olympics and medal. Damn right. And that's the difference between the two. And that's why I know what side I'm on. And that's why I'm happy to be on the side I'm on. And that's why I get a bit of a thrill watching people who are opposed to all of these wonderful ideas get a little bit of the comeuppance that they so deeply, deeply deserve. For Steve Green and Scott Out, I'm Bill Whittle. Hit that thumbs up button. It really matters. You want to defeat these, these totalitarian swine? That's how you do it. And we'll see you next week right here on Right Angle.